Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Over Easy, episode seven. Welcome back. My name is Manny. In case you are new here, or welcome back in case you've listened before. I'm back by myself today in the regular setup. Uh, yeah, let's let's just get into this episode. I actually have a lot of things to talk about today that I kind of want to touch on. So before we get into our rosebud thorn, I just kind of want to lay out the episode, I guess. I want to kind of go over a debrief of last week's episode with my boyfriend that uh, a lot of you guys seem to enjoy. And then we're also just going to talk about some things that have happened in my life recently. And then also a topic that I wanted to talk about and I plan for a little while now. So this episode's going to be a little mishmash of a lot of things, which I hope is okay and not too disorganized and easy to follow because kind of makes me stressed out if episodes are like uh, too disorganized, you know, for my type A brain. But before we get into that, let's get into Rose, Bud, and Thorn. Um, hmm. My rose for this week is that my episode with my boyfriend went out yesterday and seems to me like a lot of people are enjoying it. A lot of friends have reached out to me and just uh, talked about how much they enjoyed the episode and the interactions that I have with my boyfriend, which really makes me happy because a lot of them have not met my boyfriend in real life just because of COVID and stuff like that. So it makes me happy that uh, they approve of my partner, obviously. Um, and I would say that the the episode definitely encapsulates a lot of the interactions that I have with my boyfriend on a day-to-day basis. I think the only thing is that like, in terms of recording for the public and all that, we were on our best behavior, as I think a lot of people are when they know that something is recorded and shared online. So obviously there are a lot of parts of their relationship that you can't see from a 50-minute episode, but I would say it was a pretty authentic episode and we had a lot of fun recording and stuff like that. So since you guys enjoyed it a lot as well, I'll definitely bring him back for another episode. And we had a lot of other things that we wanted to cover as well that we never got to. So that has been making me really happy that people have been enjoying the podcast. Obviously, I've said this a lot of times before, but the podcast really I started for my own purposes. But to see that people actually enjoy the efforts that I put into it and like enjoy the episodes that I publish really makes me happy. Makes me feel like my efforts are paying off, which is very good. My thorn, okay, this is like a weird thorn. It's a thorn slash rose. It's like a good thing, bad thing. My thorn is that I have no groceries at home, pretty much, like not a lot at all. Um, And I really don't want to go grocery shopping for the rest of the week. So that's the thorn, which means I can't really make lunch. But the the rose part of it is that I will probably go out to eat lunch um, a lot this week. And I haven't actually bought lunch out by myself in a really long time. I used to do that a lot in second year and in COVID and stuff. I didn't really cook that much, but I would actually say for a lot of third year and leading up to now, I've been cooking a lot of my lunches on my own and just like making easy stuff. I usually make like salmon or uh, I make wraps and stuff like that, but I pretty much have like no groceries left. So I'm going to go out for lunch this week, most likely, and just alternate between some of my favorite restaurants that I haven't gone to in a while. Looking forward to that. But obviously, the thorn part is that going out to eat is a little more expensive than um, making your own food, which is fine. I haven't. Yeah, it's fine. 
my bud I'm looking forward to hmm. the end of this week is actually quite exciting I'm gonna have another guest on my podcast next week which is great because I'm filming that a little bit later this week on Friday I'm going to the beach with my boyfriend which is very exciting um, I recently found a beach that I really really like in Vancouver so since I have been going to the beach by myself with my friends I guess so pretty much ever since I could drive I've only really been to Kitts and Jericho which are I guess the more popular beaches in Vancouver more people go to them and the neighborhoods surrounding them are a little more full of people and stuff like that the one that I go to most often is Kitsilano which makes sense because the neighborhood of Kitsilano West 4th and all that is a really bustling neighborhood there's a lot of restaurants and stuff like that but recently I've been going to Spanish banks slash Locarno a little bit more and I actually really like that area for some reason and I think it's a little underrated compared to Kits and Jericho. Kits is always way too full. It's so hard to find parking and you have to pay for parking. It's just such a nightmare sometimes. Um, so I've been really liking Spanish banks. Um, so I think I'm going to go there with my boyfriend and we're going to get sushi and set up the picnic blanket and all that and uh, just have a good time. Also the view from Spanish Banks is really nice so I really like that area now and I think that'll be my beach of choice as compared to Kits or Jericho. Is there another beach? Oh there's also English Bay but that's downtown so it's a little further to get to and just not as convenient because downtown is such a nightmare in terms of driving and stuff like that so I usually avoid it if I can. But yeah that's my rosebud and thorn. Oh one more event that I'm looking forward to. So like after today, pretty much the end of this week and the beginning of next week is pretty exciting because on Monday, I'm getting my eyelashes done. First of all, I'm getting eyelash extensions again. I haven't gotten them in over two years and I thought it'd just be fun because it'd be nice to go back to school looking a little glowed up, you know? Since like you have to wear a mask, your eyes are really the only thing that'll be shown to other people. I thought like, oh, if I get eyelash extensions, then it'll look nice, right? And I thought it'd, it'd be pretty cute. I like how I look with eyelash extensions. So I think that's the most important part is how you look and how you think you look. So I'm excited for that. And then also going to see a lot of people from my high school again, which I'm actually not, I'm not super excited for. Obviously, I'm going to have a bunch of friends there, but there are also a lot of girls going that I'm, I wasn't particularly friends with and I don't really talk to at all. So I'm kind of nervous for that. And I'm actually going to bring up something that'll tie into this topic quite nicely. So I'm excited for all these things, but a little bit nervous. And uh, yeah, this week's going to be pretty exciting. Okay, so let's go into a little debrief of last week's episode. I kind of brought it up in my rows, but I kind of just wanted to talk about quickly um, the relationship episode and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm more than excited that a lot of people enjoy the episode and enjoy what we talked about and how we interacted and stuff like that, which makes me really happy. I'm definitely going to bring my boyfriend back on the podcast soon. I guess the only thing that I really wanted to say in this little debrief was that like is a fair warning that both of us were very as I said earlier, on our best behavior because we knew we were recording and it was going to get posted to the public. A lot of people, I think, 
see social media, relationships on social media, people on social media, whatever it is, and they only see those few seconds, few minutes, and they really compare their entire life to what someone posts on social media. This really reminds me of Olivia Rodrigo's song called Jealousy, Jealousy. Love that song. And recently, as I've been thinking about it, I guess one thing that I never really thought about before was that like, oh, I never realized that people could actually compare themselves to what I post on social media. And because obviously I make quite a bit of content for the internet, I have to be a little more mindful of that just because when I was younger, I always, I was on the opposite end, I guess. I would always compare my life to people that I saw online. And it's not even a fair comparison at all because they're such different people. First of all, most of the time I would compare myself to like white girls on Instagram or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, they're so much prettier than I am. And they live such a perfect life. One person notably that I would compare myself to when I was a teenager was uh, Alexis Wren, who I don't know what she's up to now, but she was a model, travel blogger type of thing. I don't really know what she does, to be honest, but she had a really nice Instagram and I would always compare myself to her posts and stuff like that. But it's so unfair to do that to yourself because people on social media are only choosing the best moments to share online. I have been actively trying to make my Instagram a little less casual. I mean, a little more casual, sorry, and post, I guess, pictures that aren't perfect and pictures that aren't Instagram worthy onto my Instagram just to show that my life isn't just these perfect photos that people post on Instagram. But yeah, it's really important to keep that in mind because I think it's really easy to forget, especially when you're young and on social media because you're a little bit naive. But as you get older, you definitely can learn that people only post their best moments on social media. I still definitely... um, struggle with this a little bit and I always see people on social media like oh they're going to this place now they're gonna do this they have so many friends to eat with and all that but behind every person's social media profile there's always struggles everyone goes through something no matter how big or small it's kind of off topic to when where I started but I guess I just wanted to say that um our like Jerry and my relationship is definitely not always what the podcast looks like. We obviously have arguments and stuff like that. Actually, a big reason why it took so long for me to film with Jerry was because the week that I intended to film with him, we had a big argument and we weren't talking to each other. So just wanted to just mention that because I think it's quite important to bring that up, especially also just in my personal life, if you go on my Instagram or my YouTube and see that, oh, my videos always have such fun moments at university or my Instagram has such cute pictures from the trips that I go to and all that stuff like that, just know that there are things that I go through as well on a day-to-day basis that I obviously don't want to show on Instagram. I wish it was more normal to share these struggles, but the way that social media has kind of grown now, it has gotten a lot more based on profit and money, especially with sponsorships and stuff like that. But for the average Instagram user, people really only post their best moments on social media. So it's really important to keep that in mind. That's something that I always tell myself when I open the Instagram app and even TikTok and stuff like that, because it's just, 
or else it can get really toxic i guess if you compare yourself constantly to the people that you follow anyways that's that about the relationship episode i am just like really happy that you guys enjoyed i think i've said that like 10 times now but happy you enjoyed happy that you listened and all that so yay although i'm not gonna be offended that that episode has like more views than any other episode right now so i'm just like you guys don't like me or something hey whatever not 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 offended Okay, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is something that has happened in my life recently. So it's not a big deal, but I just wanted to talk about it briefly, but I didn't, I couldn't make it an entire episode on its own just because it was a little bit of a smaller topic. I recently over the weekend went to, I guess my first like party. It wasn't like a rager at someone's house where everyone's drinking and playing beer pong. It was just a lot of people went to the beach for someone's birthday, one of my friend's birthdays. And I guess that was like the first event since COVID that I didn't know everyone there, if that makes sense. Because I think a lot of my social hangouts and stuff like that that I've been to since COVID started have been just with all the people that I know. I know everyone there like pretty well and I have intentions of speaking to everyone I guess if that makes sense but this weekend was the first event that I went to that I pretty much only knew I knew less than half of the people there there were like 15 or so people there and I really only knew five or six of my close friends that were there let's talk about that um because there I guess I just wanted to reflect about the event it's not that I didn't have fun I had a lot of fun actually um we ate pizza and stuff like that but there was a part of me that was so scared to talk to people like I guess I wasn't used to it and I haven't been in a situation like this in quite a while because I would say before in the past parties and clubs that I went to I was quite outgoing I would at least say hi to everyone in the group that I went partying with because there I was just more outgoing I was more social back then you know when I was young but over the weekend I like really hermited up if that makes sense I felt like I was just a hermit crab just kind of staying to my own social group not really wanting to branch out and a lot of it was because everyone else who went to the beach with us they knew each other from high school and I didn't go to the high school that they went to so I guess it was a little bit different in terms of I didn't know them for as long and really that was like my first time meeting them but still I feel like when I look back on the situation I wish I kind of talked to more people and met more people because those are prime ways that you can meet new friends in university a lot of people join clubs and stuff like that but A lot of the friends that I have met in university, I have met through mutual friends. So it's like a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend that I meet through events like this. But I've just felt so awkward and shy. I couldn't bring myself to socialize like I normally would. So I kind of stayed with the people that I knew already, which is also not a bad thing. If you do that, that's fine. But in my opinion, like I was given such a good opportunity to meet new people, especially after such a long pandemic. I wish I kind of branched out more, but it just felt, I feel like my social interactions recently have been so weird. I feel like I don't know how to socialize anymore. It sucks. Even when I see my friends now, it's just so hard to talk to people. 
And I think it, a lot of it was because a lot of the friendships that I had, the main things that we would talk about are events that go on in our life, right? We'd see a friend after a couple of weeks be like, oh my God, what happened to you? What did you do? And they would bring up all the things that they went to, all the people that they've met and all the drama that has happened and stuff like that. But over the the past year, nothing has happened for me, you know, nothing has really, it hasn't been notable enough and I feel like every day feels the same for me. So a lot of the prime conversations that I used to have, I don't have substance for anymore. So now I'm like, well, what do I talk about, right? Because I hate small talk and now nothing is happening in my life. What do I do? I don't know if anyone else feels this way. They feel like their social skills have obviously deteriorated in the last year. I don't know. I I feel like I've just gotten so awkward over the last year and also very anxious. So it makes it really hard to be a normal socializing human, I guess. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know what to say because I don't know. And I have a podcast, which is like so weird, right? Because in a podcast, all you do is talk. So I think people who might not know me as well would expect that I'm a lot more talkative. Even my boyfriend is like, sometimes when I don't talk or I don't know what to say and I don't have the words to use, my boyfriend says like, you have a podcast. Like, how can you not think of what to say right now? Because I feel like in my podcast, I'm like nonstop talking all the time. But it's it's different, right? In real life, it's different. <laughs> it's hard to bring up what to talk about, you know, because nothing has been going on over the last year. That's why I think nowadays friendships are so much more important and you need to connect on such like a a deeper level have the same values the same morals and stuff like that because when you don't have these surface level conversations to talk about like oh what happened in your class last week or oh what happened with this friendship whatever you 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 kind of have to go into who are you as a person so yeah I've been struggling with that with a little bit I guess so As I said, I'm going to a little high school reunion next week. Basically, a bunch of us are going to hang out with a high school math teacher. And a lot of girls that I am friends with are going. But even then, the girls that I'm friends with, I haven't talked to in such a long time. And then there's girls that I haven't talked to since high school ended are going. So it's kind of uh, scary because I know I'm going to be awkward and just... Like, uh, I just can see it now and I don't want it to happen, but I just can see it now. So it's just going to be weird. Anyways, if you feel like it's been hard to socialize or connect with people, then I feel you. (laughs) I definitely relate. I also think online interactions for me personally have been a little bit harder this year because I don't know, I, I feel like. I was always the type of person that never really liked messaging online anyway. I feel like, in my opinion, 
messaging online was just a way to get people to meet up in person, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't really use Messenger to talk to people on the daily, but more so to meet up with friends. I would use Messenger to be like, oh, where are you right now? I just finished my class. Let's go have lunch at Triple O on campus or whatever. I didn't really use Messenger to connect. Like that was my main form of connecting with people through my friendships. I don't know. I'm old fashioned. I prefer people in person rather than online. I feel like for me personally, I'm also just better in person. Another big thing is that I think I'm like not as much of a talker as people think because I really like listening rather than just talking. And obviously that's really hard because you can't keep a conversation going if I'm just listening and the other person is just talking. But I'm trying my best to continue conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, I honestly don't have any solutions. I just wanted to say that like, if you feel like you're awkward after this pandemic and going back out into the real world, then I feel you. And Vancouver's not even fully open yet. So when those, you know, everything goes back to normal, if it ever will, it's going to be really weird for me. And I think I will be able to go back to how I was before, obviously in a more mature perspective because I am a little bit older than when I started this pandemic, but yeah, we'll see. I honestly am so excited to see how I grow, but it's also been quite stressful. (laughs) So yeah, I kind of wanted to bring that up just because like that was the first event in a very long time that I've been to that was quite medium (laughs) and I didn't know everyone there which was really different so that was really weird and I think we're gonna get more and more of those as uh, restrictions are lifted although I don't know if restrictions are going to be lifting soon in Vancouver because COVID Delta has been making its way around town but we'll talk about we won't talk about that because I don't really like getting political and stuff like that on the podcast anyways let's get into what I actually wanted to talk about this episode so I actually tried filming this episode last week, but the night before I had a terrible night's sleep, so I was very tired and I just felt like I wasn't making coherent sentences, so I couldn't film. So I'm back again this week, hoping I do a little bit better. I think I've done okay so far. Um, And we're going to be talking about this topic I've had in my brainstorm list for a little bit now. It's about my experiences growing up Asian, Chinese in Canada and in a Western society. Before we start this section of the podcast, I just kind of want to preface that obviously this is just my experience and my opinions. If you are Asian, Chinese, whatever, and you've never even felt this way before, that's fine. I'm not invalidating your experiences and if you have had worse experiences than me because I'm sure a lot of people have I'm also not invalidating your experiences everyone's experience is valid everyone's feelings are valid and I'm just here sharing my opinion because I feel like this is not talked about enough and it is quite interesting so we're gonna get into it and uh, another thing another preface is that I guess there are a lot of people with a a lot more intersectionalities than I have because my experiences are shaped by also the place that I live, the privilege that I've had, socioeconomic status, all these kinds of things. So 
again, as I said, your experience is going to be different. And if that is the case, that is valid and totally okay because everybody is different. So yeah. So let's get kind of into this story. I am an immigrant, as I've talked about in my very first episode where I talked about my life story. I was born in China in April and then I moved that year, that December to Canada with my mom and dad. My mom and dad were, they're fully Chinese from the mainland and they didn't know a lick of English before they came here. So they really wanted to come and try and build a better life for their children, me and my brother. I think that's a lot of parents in that generation. Uh, they wanted to move to North America to have like better business opportunities and just better lifestyle and stuff like that. So my parents were in that boat and they moved in as well to Canada. We moved to a suburb at first and for the longest time it was quite busy, I guess you could say, because I was a toddler. My mom would tell me that she would, you know, pick up and drop me off at daycare and then at night she would go to English classes so that she could learn English and kind of acclimate to this society and other than learning a whole new language which is already difficult enough you also have to learn the norms the traditions the ideals of an entirely new society which I think is very very difficult because even now when I go and visit my extended family in China it's just so different and I only visit them for like what a couple weeks of the year if any at that usually I only go back every couple of years so I have Canadian society ingrained in my blood in my DNA now you know I'm my ideals are more individualistic I'm obviously a little more liberal than the rest of my family and just everything like that and I think it's really hard because my parents grew up in China in communist China and growing up Chinese you know they are a little more collectivistic having to move here is obviously very challenging and difficult luckily they were able to find jobs my mom's first job in Canada I think was at Chinatown and she was standing in those little booths on the side of the street and she would sell the little I don't know what they're called. They're the little like Chinese lanyards basically that you hang up in uh, Chinese New Year. And for me, um, ever since I was young, I always felt like I was too Asian to be in this Western society, but also too Western to be fully in a Chinese society, if that makes sense. Which obviously sucks because as a child, when you're learning your kind of the way that you fit into the world and how who you are in general and your identity to have that conflicting issue all the time is very very tough and I think one of the big things that exacerbated this issue for me my internal kind of identity issue is that I did Chinese dance for the longest time ever since I was four and now I'm 21 and I still do Chinese dance because I've had a very conflicting relationship with Chinese dance throughout my life. When I was young, I really, really enjoyed it and genuinely liked it. But when I started getting a little older and, you know, social pressure comes in, you know, society comes in and you have all these ideals and all that stuff, I started to get a little more self-conscious and I didn't like telling people that I did Chinese dance because I felt like it was weird and it wasn't ballet, jazz, lyrical, whatever that everyone else does usually. So for the longest time, I wouldn't tell people and I thought it was really odd and I didn't like doing Chinese dance because 
I wanted to accept this part of my identity, but then I also like couldn't because I felt like there was this societal pressure. And this is, I overthink things to the most, I overthink things so much to the point where it's like not good for me anymore, especially when I was younger. Now I'm a little better, I would say, but not the best. So obviously a lot of this could be just things that I fabricate in my own head, but it still just made me feel like I was weird because I didn't do the types of dance that everyone else did and I did this weird form of dance now. It also felt like I was connecting to my culture, but also not in a real way, if that makes sense, because a lot of aspects of Chinese dance are built upon the movements from traditional Chinese culture or different cultures in China and to have to learn about these through I guess not first-hand experience made it a little odd for me. I couldn't really imagine what my real culture was like. So yeah this relationship with Chinese dance my entire life made things a little more complicated. I always felt like oh, I don't know if I should continue dancing and I would have on and off relationships with the dance itself and I think a lot of dancers can probably relate to this there are times when you know you really just don't want to dance anymore you're like I'm done with this I'm never dancing again but then you know when you perform on stage it feels like it's really worth it right you, you get to express yourself in a way that you never get to otherwise there's no really other medium that you can express yourself with your body like that so this conflicting relationship was something that I dealt with for the longest time and I'd say like I didn't get over it until I don't know until I graduated high school uh, I, I a lot of my identity issues and issues surrounding if I love myself and stuff like that really were not resolved until first year and I'm not going to say that I'm a perfect person and every day I wake up and look in the mirror and I love myself but I would definitely say it's improved a lot since I was younger and for the most part I would genuinely not change anything about myself at all anymore just because now as an adult I can appreciate all the flaws that I have and the way that I was brought up and all the struggles that I did go through because those kinds of things shape who you are and make everyone different. I also kind of brought this up earlier but I wanted to talk about I guess social media when you're a preteen. I started using Instagram when I was 10 I think and I started using YouTube way before then. I started watching YouTube when I was like six or seven. And I think, as I said earlier, it's so easy for you as a preteen to compare yourself on social media to people who post their highlight reels online. And if you're not aware of it, it can be really harmful because you constantly think that those people's lives are perfect all the time and they have a nice house, they have so many clothes and all this stuff. But you never get to see the struggles that people go through, which is really important as well. And I'm not saying people have to share their toughest moments online. You know, they have to share like, oh, well, my parents got divorced and whatever, whatever, whatever. But I think just understanding that not like no one has a perfect life. And even though people's struggles may be different, some people may struggle more than others and stuff like that. But everyone goes through something and that is really important to keep in mind. 
I work with a lot of kids now because I'm a math tutor, and I think it's really interesting that a lot of them use social media now, and they're quite young. You know, the use of cell phones has definitely gotten more popular. A lot of kids that I see now have iPhones and stuff like that. When I was in grade five and I got my first cell phone, it was like a flip phone with a keypad. So. Yeah, I don't think it had a touchscreen, but you would have to text on the little keypad thing. So it is really wild for me to see kids who are so young who have iPhones just right away. They're like, oh my God, using Instagram, TikTok and all that stuff. And I think it really messes with your brain, you know? I don't know, obviously I'm not a kid nowadays, but I would assume that going on TikTok and seeing all these people, a lot of people post like their best moments, how much stuff they have on TikTok. So I think it's really easy to assume that people live very perfect lives and have everything that they could possibly want, which can be really harmful for a kid because then you start comparing yourself and all that stuff. Genuinely, comparison to other people is the worst possible thing that you can do, whether it be on social media or just in real life, even just comparing yourself to your friends. I used to do this all the time in high school because when I was in high school, I would compare myself and be like, oh, like all my friends have such perfect families while I was comparing to my family that was kind of falling apart in high school and my parents were getting divorced. It's really harmful. And now that I've gotten older and I talk back with a lot of my friends that I used to compare myself to, they're like, oh, my family's not perfect at all. And they go through a lot of issues as well. And I, when I was in high school, could never have imagined that they were going through these things because they put up such a nice front or I assumed that they were going, they were just perfect family. But really, even if things look perfect, there's always something going on, you know, and no one's life is perfect. I genuinely also don't know how I kind of made the switch to loving myself and also appreciating my culture because... I know in high school I struggled a lot with this identity of being Chinese but also being Canadian and it is quite tough. I don't know. It might have, I I don't want to downplay and say that, oh, I just overthought everything because my feelings are valid, were valid, whatever I felt in that situation. I think a big part was when I started going to the gym, oh my gosh, I'm such a plug for going to the gym. I don't even go now, but when I started going to the gym and I started working out for myself and not for anyone else, I I really started developing the independence and autonomy that I needed my li- in my life. I think, yeah, I don't even know what the switch was. It might have also been that I was developing into adulthood at that time as well. There's a lot of different factors that can play into it, but I think a big part, if you are young right now and you're struggling with identity, who you are as an individual, and also just who you portray yourself to be on social media, then you can just remember that there is no one else like you in the world and there will never be anyone like you. I think that was a big part of why I decided to be myself. There's a that like cheesy um uh 
Dr. Seuss quote. I don't know if it's Dr. Seuss, but it's like, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. And as corny as it is, it really genuinely is true. If you are trying to be someone else, that'll never work out because there is always that original. I think I think everyone has something to bring to this world, whether it is something small or it is something big. You will make an impact on someone else's life. And that is really important to remember. Everyone has something special to bring to this world. And everyone is different because of their upbringing, their culture, their nationality, everything like that, which I think is so special. But yeah, I guess I can talk about nowadays my relationship with myself and my culture more specifically because my relationship with myself is very, very a big topic and very complex at times. Other times it's really simple like, oh, I love myself, but other times it can be really complex. I think with my culture specifically, I really did grow a fond appreciation for it as I grew out of high school. And a big part I think was dance played a big role because after a certain age I stopped seeing it as this is weird and nobody else does Chinese dance and I kind of took it as nobody does Chinese dance or very few people do Chinese dance in comparison to ballet and jazz and lyrical and tap and I have the privilege of sharing my culture and my values to so many people in the Vancouver area so many people when we go to perform for Chinese New Year and stuff like that they've never seen Chinese dance in their life and they get to see this different style of dance which I think is so awesome and makes me really happy because I really like when people can appreciate other people's culture and learn something from it and I think I play a small role in that when I do Chinese dance so yeah And it's also been really fun. Like genuinely dance has just been something that I've enjoyed ever since I was small. Although the relationship has definitely been an up and down one. Nowadays, dance is an opportunity for me to kind of take myself out of the real world and just express what I'm feeling with my body and kind of zone out if I need to and just focus on dance. Because sometimes when I'm extra stressed out, I just need that space to not exist as a human being for a couple hours and just dance so dance has really helped me with that and I think in general being Chinese I still have struggles with it and I think a big part was for example during um, the times when a lot of Asian people were getting hated on getting physically assaulted and stuff like that that definitely was hard to see and hard to swallow as an Asian person just because you know I thought like that could be my grandma that could be my grandpa that could be me for all I know when I go outside in public and just I don't know look at someone the wrong way so those kinds of issues make it hard sometimes to be Chinese but I would definitely say that all in all like I really do appreciate my culture and I think it has taught me a lot of things I think a lot of my values and what I deem important are based in Chinese culture. Like your, for example, my value of family. I think I prioritize family a lot more than a lot of other people. I don't know, maybe everyone does, but that's what I think at least. And I think a big part, actually, a big part that I value is eating dinner with my family. 
And I've been doing that ever since I was little, just sitting down with my family, eating a meal together. I think it's very important and is rooted in Chinese history. (laughs) So yeah, that's, I've definitely grown to appreciate my culture and who I am as an individual. And I wouldn't change myself now because I do genuinely love my culture, my traditions, the history of Chinese people. But it was a journey, that is for sure. It's not a perfect journey and it's definitely not linear as with anything. So it took a little while and now I'm 21 and now I I think I'm better than before. And who's to say that like I'm not going to change again in a couple years, right? It doesn't mean I'm going to stay this way forever. There are going to be changes in my life as I continue to develop as an adult. So yeah. Wow, what a sappy episode. It's really hard. I don't know. I've always wanted to talk more about my self-love journey and all this stuff, growing to appreciate myself and learning who I am as an individual. But sometimes it's just so hard to talk about because I myself can't really see it because I see myself so closely on a day-to-day basis. But I feel like if I were to talk to someone that I haven't talked to in a while and they notice and they get to meet me again, I think they would see a lot of changes and good changes, hopefully, and just development in that era. So, yeah. Anyways, I think that's going to be today's episode. I actually ended up recording for a lot longer than I thought I would, which, shocker, I don't talk this much in real life, though. I feel like it's because I don't talk so much in real life in conversations and stuff like that is that makes it easier for me to talk a lot on my podcast because I have all these thoughts that have kind of been ruminating in my head. Not the perfect um, way to go about it. I think there should be a balance, but obviously in a podcast when you're the sole person talking, you have to talk more or else there'd be an awkward silence. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you did down below in the comments. Uh, I will see you in my next episode. Bye.